0: Hello and welcome to Mildly Confused Hello, hello, my name is Andrew Welcome to Mildly Confused So glad you could tune in on this inaugural episode The very first pilot episode of this podcast Again, so glad you could make it I guess I better get into a little bit about what this podcast is about. Well, if you don't know, I am a, well, mildly confused guy. Maybe maybe that's putting it mildly, maybe that's putting it nicely, I don't know. I'm mildly confused about the world around me, you know. I think the world around me poses a lot of questions in my head. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of ramblings, more or less, and I just wanted... To bring you the listener along to get inside my head, uh, my plan is each episode I will do a little bit of a rambling session, little conversational action um, to generate a topic I'm interested in. I'll start, I'll start thinking, and then, and then I will break, do my research, and come back to you guys. Um, this will be off mic. You don't have to listen to me type and search Google. Uh, that's probably what I'll be doing. Um, I will come back with answers. I will come back with solutions, hopefully. Maybe not. I have no idea. Maybe you won't get that satisfaction, which would really be <laughs> truly unfortunate. Maybe that's just how this podcast will go. I don't know. This is the pilot. Uh, so, yeah, I really I really want to differentiate myself from other podcasts. I'm a huge podcast listener. I've listened to uh, maybe hours of podcasts daily. I mean, that's a little... Bit of an exaggeration, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I really wanted to make a podcast that really details the thought process someone goes in when when they want to find something to talk about and and research and and find results to. Um, a lot of the podcasts I listen I listen to, they bring you know they bring a topic forward and they just talk about it and they they then they come to that conclusion. They detail everything about it. I thought you know why not bring people into my world a little bit, you know? I want to encourage, encourage curiosity, inquisitiveness, uh, wondering aloud. I thought that would be, you know, a real benefit. So, here you are, here I am. Let's get started. Again, I don't know what I'm talking about. Haven't generated a topic to talk about. Let's do that now. All right, all right, all right. Well, I think, I think the best place to get started is to really just look around uh look around my little recording studio aka my apartment for some kind of topic uh I'm looking around now hopefully the audio doesn't deteriorate as I turn my head um I see I have a futon I have a futon I think futons are possibly the greatest invention known to man of the sitting world, because sitting, reclining, laying down world, it is two-in-one. It is quite possibly my most prized possession, this futon. Um, I got it for $100, which was actually a little steep, but uh, it's, it's, my goodness, let me tell you, it's, it's wood, it's got a mattress on top, and it folds down it sits, when it sits up, it's the greatest couch in the world. I, I swear, it's the greatest couch in the world. And then when it lays down, it's into like a double, maybe not queen, we're not going to go that far, but it's a double sized bed. You can easily fit two regularly sized people on it. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, my goodness, a futon, I think, I think I want to know more about this futon. I want to know, I want to know when a futon was invented. I feel like it's a product of like the '60s or the '70s, you know, like a um, a beanbag chair was invented at the same time as the futon. Maybe it's just the name futon that gives me that 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 vibe of the '60s '70s. So when was this futon invented? When was it first used? Maybe the ancient Egyptians have something to do with it. I don't know. Um, maybe they. Maybe, maybe they. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's the Greeks. Maybe it's some hippies. I don't know. I'll find out. That's step one. I want to find out when the futon was invented, who first used it. I want to know what the heck, why the heck do they call it a futon? Why? That's is like a, such a silly name for a futon, for, for, for something that looks like it. it's a futon. It sounds like a crouton. It sounds like a, uh, yeah, like a food. It sounds like a wonton. I don't know. Uh, tofu. I'm thinking food here. I'm, maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. Um, And I just want to know more. I want to know more about what a futon is. So, quick brainstorm, Sesh. Uh, I think I'm going to leave you here. I'm going to do some research. And I will come back to you with all the information your mind can handle on futons. I am so excited. I want to know as much as I possibly can about futons. Uh, All right. Talk to you real soon all right welcome back i have learned more than i think i want to know about futons maybe less i think i want to know more but i have come to some interesting conclusions something and stuff I've never known about futon So I always thought a futon was really just like a um, I don't know as a, the, the bed, the sofa The sofa and bed in one That's what I call a futon Maybe someone else calls something else differently But a, a futon Doing my research at the uh, Very impressive wikipedia.org website um, Has told me A futon and I guess it makes sense is a traditional Japanese style of bedding. It's Japanese, my goodness, and it is, it is really, really old. To my knowledge, I don't. Let me take a look. Early 14th century, there is evidence of futons being used. I guess a futon back in the day, the Japanese had had nothing to do with the sofa. It had absolutely nothing to do with the sofa. It was actually just a, just a. Um, just a mattress on the ground. It was on a um, on the floor, and it was wasn't very thick. It was thin enough to be folded in half and then stored in a closet. So it was kind of like your air mattress before air mattresses were invented, and it was better than the floor, which was very uncomfortable, and it wasn't as nice as a bed. So somewhere, somewhere like a, like a real futon today, <laughs> somewhere between a mattress and the floor. Um, in Japan, these ancient futons had to be aired regularly to prevent mold from developing. So there was a, a lot of, a big, a big thing is you put your futon over the balcony and you air it out. And uh, so that is that is very fascinating. So for hundreds and hundreds of years, that's what a futon was. And then, in comes America. 1980s America. We brought the futon to us, and then we also created the sofa bed futon frame. The futon that was thicker, more comfortable, more like a mattress. It couldn't be folded in half like the Japanese ancient futons, uh, but it, was, it still wasn't crazy thick because it had to bend into the shape of a uh, sofa and also be laid flat down into uh, a mattress so uh, most futons uh, sofa bed futons is what I will call the 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 new age 1980s and on uh, American futons the sofa beds they employ the use of slats instead of hard surfaces on the bottom and the I guess the bottom sitting portion and the back side where your your back goes um that's kind of to air it out a little bit. You don't want any gross moisture to form. I don't know why that's necessary, but Wikipedia wants to tell me that. There's also a European style, um, which is my thing more like the Japanese style. It uh, it's pretty thin, lays on the ground. You can flip it in half and, and or in more than half and and store it. That is That is interesting futon. It is a of Japanese origin. I had no idea. And it doesn't necessarily mean the sofa bed futon. I really wanted to know more about the sofa bed futon. And I ended up finding a lot about the ancient futons of Japan. Very interesting. I'm looking at this now. I'm still looking at the article. I guess, the the going back to Japanese futon, they actually, up until pretty recently, they may still do this, actually. They, they used clothes as a cover to the futon so there was i think uh they, they used to stuff stuff it with crinkled paper straw silk waste no fun and they would and they would cover it up not with like cloth i don't know why they would do this but they would cover it with clothes that were just sewn together i see a picture of what now it looks like uh, like an actual patchwork uh, on this on this japanese futon Uh, thin futon it looks just like a a patchwork of a strange mismatched cloth i don't know why they couldn't like (laughs) get more cloth to make it look less patchworky but it it looks comically patchwork to be honest Uh, it looks like a quilt it looks like a, a comically misshapen quilt where every little color and style is completely mixed up it has no rhyme or reason as to what's going on here So yes, futon, um, not what I thought, not what you thought either, maybe you knew exactly what a futon was, uh, again, I'm glad I found out more about this futon, um, I think we can, we, we, maybe, I don't know, can we do another one, maybe we can, do, let's do another one, let's do another, let's do another thing, let's look around my apartment and let's find out something else that is Interesting. Something that I want to cover. I am looking around. So we did the futon. We did the futon. I'm looking over at... Let's see. Let's just narrate what I see here. I'm looking at my bookshelf. It has books on it. I don't know if that's wildly entertaining. I have a guitar. An acoustic guitar. I see it sitting right next to my desk here. I'm not a good player. Don't don't think that I'm actually good at playing the guitar. But... What I am interested in, new topic alert, why does it have six strings? Why does, I guess, the classical acoustic, I know there are other guitars that have, like, a whole bunch of strings. Why does the, just the usual uh, standard acoustic, or I guess electric guitar, have six strings? I want to know why those, uh, there were six of these strings, were there ever more at one point? I assume the guitar evolved from something else. So we're going to go into details about the guitar. I'm going to do my research. I will see you shortly. Hello, welcome back. I have done my research. I have come to a very simple conclusion, apparently, um, which I will share with you. So, I've done some very deep digging on this one. Google, Google could barely keep up with how much I, I had to dig and dig and dig on this one. Um, but yes, guitars, six strings, why? Well... I was immediately confronted with the fact that more strings are better. More strings mean wider range. I'm thinking a piano, which I also enjoy playing on occasion. Uh, More piano notes mean more things you could play. Um, But at some point on the piano, it just becomes ridiculous to play even higher and lower notes. So we don't need to include them. We don't need an infinitely long piano to cover all audible um, frequencies in the human ear range. Something similar with the guitar... Originally, guitars way back in the day, uh, like lutes, like way back in the day, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, they had four strings, apparently. Um, It really had to do with construction. Um, You know, these guitars have tension strings. Today, we take for granted the materials needed and both the guitar structurally as well as the string itself to withstand this tension appropriately while it's being played, while it's being, you know, strummed. But, uh, that is uh, not the case today. And so over time, they added more and more strings above four to cover a wider range of notes to play more interesting sounds. Well, first, it was then five and then six, and they landed on six. They could there there are guitars that have more than six strings., uh, but six really uh stuck because it covers about four octaves worth, according to this one website I'm reading. Um, four octaves, if you're not aware, is, you know, a pretty decent range. I don't know. On the piano, it's... Most songs I play normally will cover that four-octave range. Um And this, this four-octave range, the six strings, are actually really good for playing most guitar chords. Um You don't really need more than six to play the average chord uh, that most people would associate with regular music. So having more than six strings just isn't really... Necessary. Um, also, the more co- the more uh, the the more strings you have, the harder it is to play. Um, and more than six just gets a little bit ridiculous. Usually, you're playing with at least, if I remember guitar correctly, four fingers. Your thumb's kind of holding it on the back. You're playing with four fingers. Six isn't too bad, but once you're getting into seven or more strings, you're potentially having to um, make some really weird chord shapes that just um, aren't very comfortable for your hand. So, there you go. All about why guitars have six strings because, well, it's a nice equilibrium between having enough and, uh, you know, having enough to sound good and, you know, not having too many. Just, you, you don't need too many to sound good. You just need six. Makes sense to me. I've never i'm thinking about four stringed instruments now like the the bass the the typical bass it's the electric bass i don't know is there an acoustic bass i guess that's kind of like the big cello looking thing um what's up with that maybe a future podcast i'll f- learn more about the bass the acoustic version I'm just bringing it up because I know the electric bass or whatever has four strings um usually it's a at least an octave or two down it's pretty low maybe I'll learn more about the 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 bass in the future. The four-string version. Maybe not. I don't know. All right. I don't... Should we cover a third topic? I'm not sure. Do I have something else I can learn about and talk about? Maybe let's keep going. So we talk about the futon of Japanese origin, which was an Americanized... American, Americanized? Americanized. Sure to make it way better. Sorry, Japanese. The sofa bed futon is way better. Then we learned about guitars, why they have six strings. We're gonna keep rolling around my apartment. We are going to now learn about, let's see, let's see, let's narrate, let's narrate. We talked about my bookshelf, which has books on it. We talked about my futon, my guitar, what else do we got? Do we should we do more furniture, more instruments? I don't think so. What do I see? I see a window. And one thing that really annoys me about this window is the fact that it's double-paned, which isn't really annoying in itself, but what grinds my gears is that's an older window. It's probably at least 20 years old. And on the apparently I guess one of the seals is broken on the window one of the panes on one side or the other. So it is it, it must not be sealed properly because I have all this like moisture and residue and um, on the inside of the window. This is not on the outsides, the parts I can clean. This is on the inside of the window between the two panes. I want to know more about why this is the case. Um, why are there two panes? Should it be sealed in between? I, I think... I know the answer but we're going to find out um what what's the what's the deal with 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 windows why why are there two panes All right we are going to find out I will catch you soon after some research information some results what is a double pane window why is it used what's the deal with the fact that i have all this really uh, annoying condensation between the panes well if you think about it there may be some cons to double pane glass you know you have two panes double the cost of the glass itself and you have to be careful to seal it uh In order to prevent my exact issue condensation from entering so some cons but here are the bonuses of a double pane window here is why they're put in something i did not know uh i guess they're used in extreme temperature environments i guess like the one i'm living in in the midwest uh, they help with energy efficiency. You have an extra barrier between the inside and the outside helps with, you know, condensation buildup on the windows. Ideally, if you have a single pane, you can probably get a lot of, a lot of condensation buildup, um, with a double pane, double pane, excuse me. You have that extra layer. Ideally, a double pane window has the internals sealed, filled with some sort of, uh, noble gas, argon typically, um. And that helps have an extra layer between you and the outside. So, like, noise, less noise. Um, Physical noise, again, better efficiency in terms of keeping the inside a solid temperature when the outside is changing temperatures a lot. So, that's a little bit about window panes. Uh, uh, Excuse me, double window panes, double-paned windows. Um, I guess what happened to mine... There's a leak on one or both sides of the seal. And it allows condensation to build up. And I can't clean it off because it's inside the windows. From my research, that means the quality sucks. Or maybe the windows are getting old. They need replaced. I'm an apartment, so it's not like I have the ability to do this. I'm going to have to live with my crappy conden- condensated windows. That's not a word. But that's it. That's... that's that's a little bit of information on on double paned windows why I'm dealing with the issue I'm dealing with maybe some pros and cons if you didn't know. Um, I would say most windows in the US new windows are double paned um, at least the ones I've dealt with it makes sense. Um, we're getting a lot of extreme temperature swings in most places of the world. It's always important to you know keep your your place your your home. Apartment or wherever, a solid temperature while the outside temperature is swinging uh, quite crazily. Fun. I'm glad we went through this exercise. We learned about futons, we learned about guitars and windows. That's pretty darn random. I'm glad we went through it together. I think I'm going to call it a podcast. Thank you so much for listening on this inaugural episode. Um, we'll see where this goes. Maybe more of this, maybe less. Uh, I might change things up significantly. I may keep it exactly the same. I'm not sure. Um, I, just know I, I, I just know I enjoyed my time here. Uh, I learned a lot. I hope you learned a lot. Um, if you have comments or questions or just want some feedback for the show, go to drew at drewmedia.net. That's D-R-U at D-R-U at D-R-U m-e-d-i-a.net drew at net. email me your questions, concerns I'm, I'm part of the Drew Media Podcast Network thank you so much for listening until next time